On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast, both Model S and Model X are getting new options in pricing. Tesla issues a voluntary recall on a batch of 2016 cars. AAA hands Tesla a few awards and more. Welcome, friends. It is episode 90 of Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast for April 23rd. Yes, April 23rd. The show is a day late, as I warned last week. Uh, I do apologize for the delay, but I appreciate you kind folks uh, allowing me a bit more of, of a vacation there. I was uh, in Hawaii with a big family trip, extended family, uh, as we were so lucky to get to do last year as well when I left that trip early to go to the Model 3 reveal event, which I was also very lucky to get to go do. Uh, no such, no Tesla event that, that, that uh, necessitated my early vacation uh, departure this time. But yeah, it was just great to get away. Uh, and yeah, it's the, the, by, by virtue of, of uh, the show being a day late, it allowed me to... Basically, uh, yeah, I had to I had to put it all together in one day. Usually, I like to try and chip away at it during the week. So, it was I mean same amount of work and, and just uh, in in a, instead of being spread out, it was all at once. But in doing so, and in, in uh, you folks kindly permitting me uh, to be a day late, it allowed me to just worry about one podcast over vacation rather than two, which <laughs> would have would have uh, so yeah, just really made a big difference in my vacation. So. Thank you all so much for uh, for that. I, I promise to from here on out to continue trying to be back on on time like clockwork. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern is always the the plan. Uh, I can tell you, so I've got a, a now snoozing Maggie the Boxer next to me this week, which I didn't have last week when I recorded from uh, the Hawaii Hotel. But yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a rough return. Uh, got back and, and uh, had a house sitter, a good friend of mine, had taken care of her. But just in the time that, that he had left and we got back, which I thought was going to be an okay, manageable time, and our flight was, in fact, early getting back, there, were, uh, there was uh, some serious uh, mess, let's say, of, of the bodily function sort from poor Maggie and her. So her, her uh, deteriorating leg condition does seem to be a neurological one because I had talked to the her rehab uh, veterinarian about that her physical therapist and and uh, yeah, I guess it can you know that this is what can start to happen so it's, it's uh you know it's unfortunate for her of course that she felt like she you know she had to had to make a big mess including on a newish couch um, but in fact I've got it's I'll put it this way it's this kind of mess. I have a professional cleaner have it coming tomorrow for the couch, but in any case, so hopefully, hopefully, poor Maggie's going to be okay. But it's uh, it's been tough because this is this has actually been happening a little bit more and more. So I've I've never been through this before with a you know Maggie's my first dog and and our our original family dog, the only other dog really in my life, kind of passed. She was she was a she was advanced age. She was a fifteen year old dog, but she. She kind of she kind of passed a little more suddenly, whereas poor Maggie here seems to be, uh, you know, deteriorating a bit. So that that's hard. Um, that's that was a tough thing to come home to. But 
a good trip regardless. It's, it's nice to, to take a breather from things. Anyway, I've babbled way too long. Let's get to the Tesla news of the week. And there was plenty of it, especially since I had the extra day here. So Tesla really wants all of you out there with Model S 60 kilowatt hour battery cars that are that are of the newer 60 sort, meaning that you actually have the 75 kilowatt hour car, kilowatt hour battery, but you are software locked to 60. Well, Tesla really wants all of you to upgrade because they have slashed the price of that upgrade by a lot. It was $7,000, which is a, you know, you definitely are going to think twice before going, eh, do I want to spend seven? It's two grand now, $2,000 to get that pretty significant range boost. So I would certainly do that in uh, as much of a heartbeat as uh, as my bank account would allow for, yeah, for a $2,000 uh, fee there. That's quite reasonable. They've also, because they've lowered the price on the 75, uh, the, the uh, $5,000 overall price drop there. So the 75, which is now the base model, because of course the 60 was just discontinued, the Model S now starts in the 75 kilowatt hour rear wheel drive variety at $69,500 before any tax, uh, federal or state tax incentives. So it, you probably have already heard about this if you happen to have one of these cars, but if somehow this is the first time you're hearing of it, uh, you can log into your My Tesla account and do the upgrade from there should you desire it. In fact, I, I'm sure Tesla sent out emails to all of all of the owners because, uh, well, why not do a little, little direct marketing? That's the best way to go. There were a number of other changes as well to the Model S and the Model X, not of the physical variety, really, the aesthetic variety, although, well, actually there were on the, the X, but uh, mostly sort of pricing and options. So, for the in though there was a price decrease on the 75 kilowatt hour Model S, there was a price increase on the 100D and P100D variants of both the S and the X. The S got a $2,500 jump uh, in price for the 100D from 95,000 base to 97.5,000, 97.5. And a $5,500 price increase for the P100D. So that performance is now going to cost you even a bit more uh, from a base price of $134,500 up to an even $140,000 without any other options. With uh, the, the X saw similar bumps, uh, relatively speaking, because of course the X is priced a bit higher than the S is. Tesla issued a statement on this. They said, quote, periodically, we have adjusted pricing and available options to best reflect the value of our products and our customers' preferences. Today's updates include slight price decreases to our 75, 75D, and 90D models to account for the discontinuation of the 60 kilo, of our 60 kilowatt hour models. And uh, next week, which is now, we will be implementing slight price increases to our higher end 100D and P100D models. We expect our total average selling price to remain almost exactly the same. In other words, for, you know, for every additional 75 or 90 they sell at a slightly lower price, they're gonna, they'll sell just as many uh, or a relative, they'll sell enough 100Ds or P100Ds to offset it. And, 
you know, it, it, what I when I thought about this, when I looked at this, it actually just made me take a take a step back and look at Tesla from the ten thousand foot view because, you know, what Tesla's doing here is they're really separating out the top of the lineup from the bottom of the lineup, the base S and X, and it's interesting to think back. If you think all the way back to the original plan, the original secret master plan, if you've been following the company that long, if you remember back to those days, I mean, I haven't been, I, I'm 2009, that's my, uh, I'm not, uh, I, can't, I can't claim total uh, OG status in Tesla land, but yeah, 2009 when it was, when I, was when my Tesla light bulb flipped on. But when you think back to the original plan, Model S was just a car codenamed White Star. And in the original plan, you had the Model S and then you had the White Star sedan that was going to be half the price of the Roadster. And then you had the Blue Star, which was the codename for the model, what became the Model 3, was going to be half the price of the White Star. So that's how, that was the original plan of how Tesla was going to grow and evolve as a company. Now, the S has evolved uh, into a car that what that uh, is actually as much or more. Uh, it's about the same actually as what the top end Roadster Sport was back in the day. So so, so much for half the price. I mean, in, in fairness, the Model S was once upon a time. It was about half the price because there there was a fifty thousand dollar Model S, the forty kilowatt hour Model S, which was of course that was the original software locked car. That was a, a software locked sixty kilowatt hour battery that they only sold to those reservation holders that wanted it, and then they never offered it ever again. That car was fifty seven five before the tax credit. So with the federal tax credit brought the price of that car down to $50,000. But but yeah, the maxed out Model S, P100D, ludicrous, 0 to 60 in like 2.4 seconds, now costs about as much as a fully loaded Tesla Roadster Sport did back in the, uh, the early days of Tesla. But at least the performance of that P100D completely destroys that Roadster. The Roadster, the original Roadster was through 0 to 60 in 3.9 seconds. The Roadster Sport pumped that, uh, well, I was going to say pumped that up or brought that down, depending on how you want to look at it, to 3.7 seconds. I've driven both of those cars, and my goodness, are they fun. If you've never driven a Roadster and you ever get the opportunity, do it. Because even though Tesla now produces faster cars... There's something about being in a little sports car, a little two-seat sports car, a lot lighter weight. It's just, and you hit that accelerator, boy, was is that car a treat. That car was, was slash is fun. Was because I haven't driven it in forever, but, oh uh, yeah, Roadster was, God, that thing was fun. I, I am still grateful to my wife for renting that, renting me one for my birthday years and years ago, back when the, uh, the Roadster was the only car in the lineup. Anyway... Uh, moving on, other changes happening this week. The metal body roof, the just painted metal body roof, uh, is no longer an option on the Model S. Uh, now, I see a number of these cars around here in, in the admittedly 
Tesla bubble that is the San Francisco Bay Area. But I suspect that Tesla probably wasn't selling a ton of them. I mean, that's gen- generally one of 1A or 1B of the reason why they make a manufacturing change. And the other reason, whether, whether it's 1A or 1B, is of course, efficiency. We know that Tesla worships at the altar of efficiency more than ever these days. So this was probably also a change made for ease of manufacturing. Uh, since now, it's just every car is going to get the either the all-glass roof or the panoramic roof. So that simplifies the manufacturing process. Now, again, I've talked before on the show, uh, I've, I've sat only indoors, haven't seen it outdoors yet, but the all-glass roof is absolutely stunning, which made me abs- it, it made the decision easy for me as far as I knew I wanted either the panoramic roof or the all-glass roof for my Model 3, and I knew that th- those would be an option uh, because Doug Field, the VP of uh, engineering at Tesla, who gave me my test ride, in the silver alpha prototype at the Model 3 reveal event, said as much uh, when I asked him the question in the car, he had mentioned that there would be three body uh, roof options. So, uh, in fact, Jim from Phoenix was wondering about this very same thing about what this means for Model 3 in the wake of this manufacturing change for the S. So I'm going to let Jim take it from here. Jim, go ahead. Hello, this is Jim Schollinger from Phoenix. I was just wondering, um, just discovered your podcast and, and I'm really enjoying it. And I was wondering, do you think the, the glass for the Model 3 roof is, will be standard? I would just as soon have a metal roof being in Phoenix, but if I could be assured that, you know, it wouldn't unnecessarily heat up the, the cabin, then I would think that would be a, a pretty special item. Um, but just wondering your thoughts on that. Thanks so much. Bye. By the way, real quick, before I uh, get to Jim's call, I wanted to mention the, the so the all glass roof is standard on the S now. The panoramic roof is a $2,000 upgrade, should you elect that. So, Jim, uh, the roof of the Model S, the glass roof on the Model S, the pano roof and the glass roof, they are heavily tinted. I can assure you of that. Uh, but I would still... I, Jim's in Phoenix. He's in a hot weather place. I know I know very, very well, having lived there for 15 years. But if, if there are any hot weather, not just warm, hot weather Model S owners out there, hot weather city Model S owners out there that want to give a quick call in this week to reassure Jim about how the car performs in the summer with that glass roof in it, uh, I would rather let an actual owner speak to this rather than take my word for it. But uh, it's something like, I think it filters out some, you know, 97% of UV rays. And uh, now do, do remember as well, Jim, that you can precondition your car with the app, with the app on your smart, the Tesla app on your smartphone. So you've got that going for you as well. Uh, now the all glass roof on the Model Three Alpha prototype that I was just mentioning before your call, that wasn't tinted, but that was just clearly just for show. Uh, although, gosh, it was cool to it was it felt like sitting in a Jetsons car because it was a uh, this just this clear bubble, clear glass roof 
that had that was not tinted in any way, shape, or form when, of course, a production car roof is going to have to be. And in fact, the release candidate Model 3s that have been photographed around Palo Alto recently, they clearly show a tint on the glass roof. And I presume that that tint in, the, in both the release candidates and the final production cars are going to be to the same tint specification as it is on the Model X, uh, pardon me, the Model S, because that is not a luxury issue. That is a, like a safety issue, basically. You just can't roast your passengers. But uh, the cheaper car is going to get less tint. Like, no, it's going to, I I would be very, very uh, confident in saying that it's going to have the same level of tint to it and UV filtering that the Model S all glass roof has. But um, to... Get back to your original question, Jim. I do think there is a very good chance now that the metal body roof won't be available on the Model 3 either, despite what Doug Field said uh, on my test ride, because not only uh, is that, of course, that's how it is on the S now, and the fact that Elon has set us up to expect fewer options on the Model 3 than the Model S, you really think that the Model 3 is going to have three roof options now, whereas the S only has two. I think that's pretty unlikely, especially when uh, having one fewer roof option simplifies that manufacturing process, and that is what Tesla is aiming to do here, especially right out of the gate, starting in when, uh, when those first cars are due to come off the line in July. So Jim, thank you for the call. I'm going to move on with the news here. We've got, I've got more calls. Uh, as usual, you guys have excellent calls. I'll have more of those for you in the Ride the Lightning hotline section coming up after the news. But getting back to the rest of the Tesla happenings this week, more changes. Ch-ch-changes. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry for that. Sonic carbon wheels are now an option on the Model X. They are simply... Uh, the standard 20-inch Model X wheel, but in a dark gray. Not the onyx black that the 22-inch Model X turbine wheel is. More of a, a bit of a lighter, a dark gray, which is kind of appears to be... Uh, I haven't seen it in person yet, just the render on the website. In fact, I don't think they've delivered any, so there aren't any to see in the real world. But it seems, it seems like it's probably closer in color to the Model S's 21-inch dark gray turbine. Um, now, the, the thing about this, I, it's great to have a dark wheel option for for the for those smaller 20-inch wheels on the, on the Model X in particular, because the Model X sees arguably even greater overall benefit to going with a smaller wheel, or I should say, greater practical benefit. You know, you you may choose the 22-inch the wheels for performance or appearance or both, but on the heavier Model X, the smaller uh, tire and wheel combination gets you uh, greater towing capacity. You can tow more weight, you have better range, and your tire costs are cheaper. So those are significant uh, differences. In fact, I would say... The majority of the Model Xs that I see around here in the, uh, as I just called it, the the Bay Area Tesla bubble, you know, I, I am fortunate to get to see a lot of Model Xs on a pretty regular basis driving around, and I, I really would say the 
probably eight or maybe even nine out of ten of them have 20-inch wheels on them rather than 22. Whereas with the S, of course, there's many, many more S's around. Uh, now, in the beginning, th there were a ton of 21-inch wheel Model S's because that was actually the default <laughs> on the early cars, on the, the P85s. Uh, you actually, there was, you could take a 19, but you didn't even save any money. You could just take it, but it cost the same. But of course, over time, uh, the 19 is, is uh, the cheaper option and the default option. But even still, I see, you know, there's a pretty healthy number of, of S's I see running around with 21-inch turbine wheels. But with the X, the 20 really seems to dominate. So it is nice that Tesla's offering a dark gray you know, a dark wheel option, but here's the down, here's the bad news. It's $3,000 to get those. They're the, they appear to be the exact same wheel just in this quote unquote sonic carbon color. Three grand for the privilege of having a dark wheel. You could probably just order the default silver wheels and then get all four of them professionally powder-coated by a good, reputable shop detailer in, in what is either the identical or darn near close to it shade of dark gray for, I would imagine, a fraction of the price, maybe half the price. I mean, just 3000 just for the color seems a little, a little much to me here, Tesla. I, 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 think, I think Tesla should lower the, the price of this. I mean, I could see maybe like a thousand dollars like okay an extra thousand dollars and i can get a dark i can get the dark gray option but three grand that's a little much especially when with with those 22 inch turbine wheels if you do pay for that upgrade and you say okay i'm gonna go ahead and get the 22s you can choose from silver or onyx black the onyx black choice doesn't cost another three thousand dollars on top of that so, not a big fan of this move uh, from Tesla from a price perspective. I love that they're offering the option, uh, but boy, the price the price is wrong on this one. I'm 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 sorry to say. Meanwhile, inside the Model X, there is now a center console option for the second row of the six seater, and that seems like a pretty reasonably priced five hundred dollar option. And that center console gets you, of course, a storage area in there uh, with on underneath the, the armrest. So it's an armrest for both the driver's side and passenger side second row occupants. And there are two extra cup holders in it as well. Now, this is a factory install option only. So it's probably going to upset a lot of existing six-seat Model X owners who would love to have this. And I can see why they'd want it. I mean, plenty of Model X owners having, you know, reading uh, forums on a regular basis, a lot of X owners seem to lament the lack of storage and armrests uh, in the second row, and this option now rectifies both of those complaints. I've ridden, I've had the privilege of riding in the second row of both a six-seat and a seven-seat Model X, and I've said this before on the podcast, but I personally, I vastly vastly prefer the six-seater. Now, if I had three kids, it might be a different option, or four kids. You know, if I had a, a larger family, that's that's one thing, but just, you know, as a 
just on, on a in a vacuum, I think that I love the six seater because I, to me the seven seater just feels a little cramped. It just makes the car feel a bit cramped, especially if you're trying to access the third row or if you're in the third row seats. Because to me, when there's just when there's nothing between those two second row seats and the six seater, to me it just opens up the entire car and it makes the cabin feel like the cabin of a private jet to me. That's that's the I've never been on a private jet, but I've <laughs> I guess it's tough for me to but I've seen plenty in movies and television. But I'll 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 uh, say that I'm very eager to see this option, to see this for myself at the local showroom uh, to see how the trade-off is cuz you know, boy, you just it's so easy to get to the third row when there's just nothing between those two second row seats and the six seater. So uh, it'll be interesting to see on a uh, what the trade-off is, you know, practicality with the storage and the armrests versus versus an open feel and, and easy access to the third row. But that is a new option if you are considering a Model X. Uh, a parking brake recall is affecting many 2016 Teslas. In fact, about 53,000 of them. Tesla issuing a statement saying, quote, Tesla recently discovered a potential manufacturing issue with electric parking brakes installed on certain Model S and Model X vehicles that could prevent the parking brake from releasing. In other words, you could get stuck there. You could get stuck wherever you park. We don't believe this issue could ever lead to a safety concern for our customers, and we have not seen a single accident or injury relating to it. However, in order to be overly cautious, we are going to be proactively replacing these parts to ensure that no issues arise, end quote. Electrek has a bit more detail here, which I thought was helpful, so I'm going to credit them. And according to Electrek, the part in question is a, quote, small gear manufactured by a third-party supplier, Brembo, who uh, you may know is they're very, they make a lot of popular brakes, or they make brakes for a number of popular vehicles. Tesla believes this gear could have been, quote, improperly manufactured in less than 5% of the 53,000 cars. So that is not a lot. You're talking about 2,750 cars. It has no impact on the regular braking systems, and therefore it doesn't represent a direct risk to safety, but the car could stay stuck in park if that gear breaks. So to me, I mean, this is just like the seatbelt thing from last year. It's not a big deal. Uh, and these these kind of voluntary re- recalls happen to every single autom- automobile manufacturer. But because it's Tesla, it gets a lot more publicity. And, you know, it's, hey, it, it's a double-edged sword, right? You know, Tesla gets more publicity for everything, both good and bad. So, you know, you, you got to take the bad with the good. So, the, yeah, this uh, this seemed to be a little blown out of proportion in the media from what I could see. But uh, the market did not flinch. Uh, the in fact because I, I was I was curious to see what would happen and the next day the stock price actually went up a few bucks. So the market did not seem to care. Next story, AAA has named its top green vehicle award winners for 2016 and I'll give you two guesses as to who won and you're only going to need one. Tesla did win the Best Overall Top Green Vehicle Award. However, it's not with the car you'd probably guess. 
I certainly would have guessed that the S would have taken that in maybe this, you know, 75 or 90 kilowatt hour form. But no, the Model X 75D taking the overall top green vehicle award for 2016. The Model S 60 wins the large car category. And of course, by virtue of being the overall winner, the Model X 75 also taking home the SUV category trophy there. Good to see some other electric vehicles represented. Of course, this, the, the award is top green vehicle, so that's uh, advantage EV on that. But the Chevy Bolt EV with the premier trim, so the slightly pricier version, wins for best subcompact. Uh, I don't know if, boy, that, I'm not sure subcompact and the bolt is small, but it's not that, doesn't seem that small to me. But I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the Volkswagen e-Golf wins for best compact in the top green vehicle awards. The Lexus GS450 Hybrid F Sport on the, takes the midsize. And pickup truck is the Ford F-150 XLT Super Crew. A quote here from the AAA Director of Automotive Engineering, Greg Brannon. He says, quote, with their lower ownership costs and compatibility with emerging autonomous technologies, electric vehicles are poised to be a key vehicle of the future. Tesla, a standout in AAA's evaluations, has helped widen the appeal of electric vehicles by showing they can be stylish, performance-focused, and filled with cutting-edge technology. Greg, well said, sir, because that is, that is all true. I agree with everything you just said, but... Yeah, so as I said, it's, it's great to see other electric cars on there. I see a fair number of e-golfs around San Francisco and more and more bolts all the time. Hopefully for next year, when this award rolls around again, hopefully the Model 3 will bump off that Lexus for the midsize car category and heck, maybe even the overall car category. We shall see. This will be a good one to keep an eye on for next year. Next up, we move from fun news to not-so-fun news. Three Tesla owners are leading a class action lawsuit against Tesla because of hardware to autopilot and what they claim uh, is an under delivery and, uh, and, and, and worse of that. They say, quote, Tesla has endangered the lives of tens of thousands of Tesla owners across the country and induced them to pay many thousands of dollars for a product that Tesla has not effectively designed. Tesla sold these vehicles as the safest sedan on the road. What consumers received were cars without standard safety enhancements, featured by cars costing less than half the price of a new Tesla, and a purported enhanced autopilot that operates in an erratic and dangerous manner. Now, I am all for customers holding companies accountable. It needs to happen more than ever, I think, in, in this age of... Uh, you know, big companies being people and big companies getting bigger. And, you know, it's, it's good to hold companies accountable. But in this case, Tesla has been really transparent about hardware too. And that, and the autopilot functions of hardware two cars right from the jump and right in the design studio from day one up till today. Uh, and, and it'll stay that way uh, for when you go to configure your car. It's all there. It's very transparent that, there, that this is an evolving 
software suite and features will come online as things go. So I don't think that these uh, Tesla owners have much of a case. And once again, I mean, I've hey, I, you know, I'm a Tesla fanboy, but uh, being a little more grounded and serious about it, I will once again give Tesla the benefit of the doubt here because of tes- because in my opinion, my humble opinion, their past actions, I mean Tesla's past actions, uh, meaning being honest and transparent and truthful, have merited the awarding them the benefit of that doubt. Tesla did issue a statement on this. It is this. This lawsuit is a disingenuous attempt to secure attorney's fees posing as leg- as a legitimate legal action, which is evidenced by the fact that the suit misrepresents many facts. Many of the features of this uh, pardon me. Many of the features this suit claims are quote unavailable are in fact available with more updates coming every month. We have always been transparent about the fact that enhanced autopilot software is a product that would roll out incrementally over time and that features would continue to be introduced as validation is completed, subject to regulatory approval. Furthermore, we have never claimed our vehicles already have functional, quote, full self-driving capability, as our website has stated in plain English for all potential customers that, quote, it is not possible to know exactly when each element of the functionality described above will be available, as this is highly dependent on local regulatory approval. The inaccurate and sensationalistic view of our technology put forth by this group is exactly the kind of misinformation that threatens to harm consumer safety, end quote. Well, again, I love Tesla's very blunt and honest statements most of the time. Yeah, okay, they give their PRE statements here and again. And again, as, as someone who deals with video game PR for a living, uh, that's I'm I'm I've got a pretty good BS detector, and in fact, you don't often. Tesla is much more transparent and very blunt in their public statements than most video game companies are, and that's why maybe that's why I love them so love the love it when they do statements like this so much because in the video game world you always get the like totally spun fluffy version, but. Uh, back on topic here, I, I just wonder, like, win or lose or settle, I wonder if what the, like, what what is the end game for this group of owners that are involved in this lawsuit? Are they are they selling their cars? Do they still have their cars? Do, have they made a solemn vow to themselves and to each other to never use autopilot again, even when level five full self-driving capability comes online? Uh, are they just looking for... Uh, a five or potentially eight thousand dollar refund check. Like I, I don't know what their end game is, but uh, I. Good luck to them. I guess I don't think they have much here, but I guess the courts will decide as they always do. And in other bad news, real quick here, so there is a looming threat of a strike at Tesla's newly acquired German production company. Uh, which is now renamed Tesla Automation Germany, they're apparently, according to Electrek, they are making drive inverters for the Model 3, which is a really important piece of the car. Uh, now, there's kind of, they're just sort of at a standstill right now, so I didn't really want to go too much into this. 
because uh, I, you know, I just don't have a lot to say about it yet. So I want to wait for this story to develop a bit more before I bring it up again in detail on the show. But I wanted to mention it just because you may have seen it mentioned in the news. I didn't want you to think that I was sweeping it under the rug or just somehow ignoring it. So I'm going to be keeping my eye on this story because it has the potential to have a significant effect on the Model 3's timeline. And I know a lot of you out there, like me, are Model 3 reservation holders. A couple quick final notes. Tesla's annual stockholders meeting is going to be held on June 6th. So mark your calendar there and mark your calendar for the following show. I don't know what episode number that's going to be, but uh, the, the show on the Sunday after that should be a good one because there's probably going to be a lot of really good Elon quotes. There almost always are at the stockholder meetings because everyday people get a chance to ask questions and Sometimes they ask really interesting ones that Elon gives really interesting answers to. Although inevitably, when I'm watching the video or listening to it, uh, it's, I, always, I almost always end up sighing and shaking my head because there's always at least one person who asks a completely ridiculous or com- totally inappropriate for that context question of, e- of Elon Musk. Like, so... If you happen to go, if you're a stockholder and you're in the Bay Area and you happen to go, write, write down a good question ahead of time. In fact, maybe the week before that, I'll make some good questions and just give them out on the air. And just don't be, don't be that person that asks a silly question or a question that you know isn't going to get answered. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll do that as a group exercise together the week before the shareholders meeting. And hopefully, uh, maybe we'll be able to get one of them answered. You never know. Finally this week, shout out to Ireland. Major congratulations to Ireland. They're getting their first Tesla store, service center, and supercharger this week. The supercharger will connect Dublin and Cork. And uh, it's just cool to see Tesla enter another market. We've been seeing a few of these this year. They they entered the uh, UAE, Dubai. Uh, they're going to be going into India later this year, and now Ireland this week. And Dublin specifically, just shout out to Dublin. If, if, if I have any listeners in Dublin, I love Dublin. I had the chance to go. Quick story, because this is the end of the news. If you want to tune out or fast forward, feel free. I went to Ireland for 10 days in 2001 uh, in the spring for uh, the DeLorean's 20th anniversary, because the DeLoreans were built in Ireland, if you did not know that, up in Northern Ireland, in, uh, outside of Belfast in Dunmurry. And so I, fl- I flew in, I was with a, traveling with a buddy of mine, and then just meeting up with you know, the rest of the whole DeLorean convention up, at, up in Dunmurry at the former plant. But we flew into Belfast, pardon me, not Belfast, Dublin, and my friend and my friend Dan and I, we loved Dublin so much that we ended up staying there the entire time except the three days of the convention. Dublin is awesome. Uh, there is apparently a, a building height limit there so that there just aren't any huge skyscrapers. It feels very open. Uh, and I did the, that's where Guinness is brewed. In fact, fun fact, that's where I had my first legal drink because I was, I was about to turn, I was months away from turning 21. 
So when we went, you know, it's, it's uh, I think, 18 or 6, I think, whatever. It's, it's legal under 21 there at some point, whether it's 16 or 18. And we just, we, had, we went into a pub and I got a Guinness because I was like, well, hey, I'm in Dublin. This is where they brew it. And I uh, very much enjoyed it. And then we did the Guinness Brewery Tour. If you're ever in Dublin, do the Guinness Brewery Tour. It's super fascinating. And then what's cool is at the end of the tour, you go up into this observation tower that's, I guess, as tall as a as the building can be. And it's just a big round room. It's like, if you picture, I mentioned the Jetsons already once this episode. Uh, here's another Jetsons reference. It, it basically looks like the Jetsons' house, where it's just a, it's an elevated, round room uh, with a bar in the middle, and it's just all glass around. So you have this 360-degree panoramic view of Ireland, of Dublin, and it's your and you you get a fresh pint right you know right from the source. And boy, that was that's a great memory. That was a fun trip. So um, welcome to Ireland. Tesla Motors. And I'll be right back with some excellent calls from you guys in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you're like me and have a Tesla reservation, you'd probably love the chance to drive one around for more than just the short test drive that you can get from Tesla. Well, I've got a solution for you. Friend of the show, Joe Edgel, actually rents out Model S and Model X Teslas for as long as you'd like. If you happen to be taking a trip to Washington, D.C. or the Baltimore area, or if you want to drive one so badly you're willing to make a special trip, check out Joe's website, emotion.rentals. If you want, Joe will even deliver the car to you at the airport or your hotel. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N dot rentals. Now back to the show. All right, it's your turn. Ride the lightning hotline time. Give me a call toll free anytime. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Leave me a message anytime, day or night, with a question, comment, discussion topic, And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Right now, let's visit with Dave from Atlanta, who eagerly awaits Model 3, but is now tempted, tempted by the fruit of another. Dave, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Dave from Atlanta here. I've been a regular listener since just before the Model 3 unveil last year, and for years now I've looked forward to the Model 3 because it would finally be a Tesla that I could afford. With this week's price drop in the 75-kilowatt Model S, that feeling has changed for me because with the guaranteed $7,500 tax break combined with a $1,000 deposit for my Model 3 and an easy-to-find $1,000 referral bonus, I'm now thinking that instead of getting a Model 3 and checking all the boxes, I may just go for a Model S instead. I test drove a Model S last night, and while I'm going to wait a few more months to order my Tesla, I feel like the Model S is what I'm going to be going for. Don't worry. When I do, I'll use the latest referral code from this show. Thanks for all the hard work on the podcast, and I hope you had a great time on vacation. Well, Dave, that is exactly the response that Tesla wants people to have. You know, if the, they would love to convert you to, for, from a Model 3 reservation to a pricier Model S reservation and a car that they can sell you right now. But hey, you know, if the S makes sense for you 
from a financial perspective and from a uh, practical standpoint, because it, as you probably are well aware, the Model S is a big car. Not that the three is going to be small, but uh, you know, if if it makes sense for you, Dave, then you're going to be getting a mature car with good range, the same autopilot hardware you'd have gotten on your Model 3, and you won't have to wait as long to get it. So whichever Tesla you end up choosing, Dave, congrats. And uh, like I said, yeah, definitely definitely use that, that uh, referral code, whatever referral code I'm using at the time, uh, which I thank you for, for uh, mentioning there. We're gonna go to our friend Mike from Charlottesville up next. He wonders what's up with level three charging, that super fast supercharging that Elon has been uh, commenting on a couple times of late. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Mike from Charlottesville. With the Model 3, you know, only a few months away at this point, you know, they've talked about level three charging, meaning I guess that it could charge the car in about 15 minutes, as people have been rumoring. Um, But my question for you is we've heard nothing about this at all. A, do you think we'll make it into the Model 3 at launch? And B, do you think the superchargers will even be able to charge at that rate? I mean, we've heard nothing about it. So I just wanted to see what you thought about this. Thank you very much. This is a good call, Mike. There, there, were, uh, there was a patent that, that surfaced this week about a, a high-speed charging cooling system in order to help. If you, keep, if you can keep the battery cooler, you can charge it faster because supercharging it heats it and so if there's temperature regulation involved so uh that was an interesting thing that surfaced this week uh there's uh there's there's just a lot of interesting possibilities with how this is going to work but i have a feeling that elon might be saving the whole level three or version three supercharging thing for the final model three reveal in july because he can make it a selling point of the three while also saying, and all SNX owners can use this right now and, you know, have them, you know, maybe they've stealthily updated some of the superchargers. But, I mean, I have to imagine that every, at least every recent Model S and Model X is going to be able to take advantage of the, that next version of supercharging, if not every car. Hopefully it is going to be every car and there aren't going to be early adopters that are, that are uh, you know, people that have the free unlimited supercharging that are going to be left out in the cold on this one. I really hope not, but um, I, I, I've got to figure, even if some, some early S owners are left out of this, I have to figure that every car built from the Model 3 forward so meaning including S's and X's of from summer 2017 forward are are almost certainly going to be able to take advantage of it because I, I just can't see Tesla hosing a, a handful of early Model 3 buyers, which are going to be their own employees and then their own customers because t- you know Tesla, existing Tesla customers get priority over over uh, us non-owners. So I've, I've got to figure that every three is going to be able to do it, and thus every S and every X from at least recently, if not just going all the way back to the beginning. At least, I, boy, I sure hope so. 
Next up is Pete from Carmel, Indiana. He, uh, he wants to comment in response to my pickup truck comments from last week's show. So, Pete, the floor is yours. Ryan, hello. This is Pete from Carmel, Indiana. Man, I got to give you the business. You kind of missed the mark on the discussion for the Tesla pickup truck. Uh, as I said, I'm from Indiana, and I will tell you there's a wide spectrum of pickup uh, owners. And you might be surprised that a lot of these folks consider their pickup a luxury vehicle. In fact, nationwide, that segment has grown 41% over the last 10 years or so. So for sure, there are working folks and the alike that like their gas-powered vehicles, and maybe for them it's a better value. But there is a segment that spends a lot of money on pickup trucks upwards of Sixty to $100,000. My partner actually owns uh, a vehicle that's in that range. So I would uh, tell you that your comments were a little bit left coast. It's kind of like saying all of you Californians are latte sipping, um, you know, composting folks. But we all know that that's not true. So we here in the Midwest also have a wide spectrum of uh, pickup ownership. Love the podcast. Just wanted to give you a little bit of ribbing. Pete, I believe you. I, I do. I, I, I really do still think that Tesla has a bit bigger of a challenge in cracking the pickup truck market than they do in the car market. But hearing that it's a growing market, uh, as you say, only makes the company's entrance into that market e- make even more sense. I mean, if, if pickup trucks continue to be an increasingly popular vehicle, then... Absolutely, it's it's untapped market potential for Tesla. And and by the way, I'm definitely I'm I'm always happy to be corrected or clarified on something that I've said on this podcast because it makes me better, makes me more informed, and it makes the podcast better. So, Pete, I humbly accept your ribbing. That's I I take no offense, and I I absolutely accept it. Last call this week, a quick one, quick question from Ken in Denver. Ken, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Ken calling from Denver. I've been enjoying the podcast and own a Model S and have been using the complimentary Slacker uh, in that car and was wondering what it would take to get your podcast on Slacker. I thought it'd be convenient for current owners and hopefully the Model 3 will also be using Slacker. So I was wondering what it would take. Thanks, Ryan. Keep up the good work. Bye. So, Ken, I looked into this. I, I don't believe that Slacker has any podcasts on it. I went to their site, and I went searching for, like, the biggest podcasters I could think of. Bill Simmons, the BS, uh, Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, Mark Maron. I, I couldn't, couldn't find anything. So I don't think, I think Slacker is just music and comedy albums. I don't think podcasts are on there. But if they're there and I'm missing them, please do let me know. And I'd be ha- more than happy to try and get in contact with Slacker to try and get this show added because, hey, that's the more places I can get this podcast, the better. But um, to just some good news to close this out with, Ride the Lightning, the show is on TuneIn in the Teslas. So any Tesla can access this show just through TuneIn rather than Slacker. So I hope that is helpful. 
thanks to all of you who called in. Please continue to keep those calls coming. Again, I value this part of the show so much. I, I think it just adds a lot. I love it every week. Keep those calls coming, whether you want to call in on the toll-free hotline number or you can just record something on your smartphone and email me that recording. Uh, the email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com or again, the toll-free number is one 989 8752, as you may even be able to hear Maggie the Boxer snoring in the background. I'll be right back after this with a few final thoughts for you. I want to thank abstractocean.com for just continuing to to, uh, make the 20% off coupon code available to listeners of this show. Uh, if you are in the market for Tesla accessories for you or your car, visit abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Uh, in order to get some percent off of your Tesla car order, if you're buying in the very near future, please use the referral code here that I'm about to give you to get $1,000 off of your car, which I guess will be uh, whatever 170th is or more, depending on the price of the car you get. But get yourself $1,000 off your car by typing this short link into your browser that will take you to the design studio with the $1,000 uh, code applied. Or you can just give the referral code to a sales advisor at a Tesla store. But it's uh, the, the short link is ts.la slash Jeff. 2311. That's Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. So you can type that into your browser or take that in with you to any Tesla store. Uh, If you enjoy the podcast week in and week out, if you uh, get as much out of it uh, as as I uh, get from making it, uh, it does require a lot of time and energy. If you'd like to consider supporting it on Patreon, I do have the Patreon up there. Uh, just take a look if you maybe if you get a chance one day. Patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast. That's the URL and Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I want to thank all of the Patreon producers. These are the very awesome folks who support me every month, uh, support my efforts here at the $20 or higher level. I want to start by welcoming the two newest ones. Vince Vaughn and Colby Perry. Thank you both very much. In addition to Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Maracle, and Kyle Stover, thank you all so much. Uh, your support means the world to me because, as I've said, this this has turned into its own little part-time job. It's one I love doing, but a lot goes in, and hopefully, uh, you hopefully all of you uh, get get uh, maximum enjoyment and and informational benefit out of this podcast each and every week. You can follow me on Twitter if you'd like at dmc underscore ryan email me anytime whether you're recording a a call for the hotline or you just want to write in with a question comment or or something else the email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com 
Uh, you can leave a review on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Hopefully you have something nice to say. And uh, by the way, be sure to check out Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter, a every Friday email digest that he does, which is super handy. You can sign up for that for free at teslaweekly.com. Most of you subscribe to the podcast um, on most major podcast services that I'm aware of. So please do subscribe if you don't already. That way it just auto-downloads to you and you don't even have to think about it. Oh, that was a loud snore. You had to have heard that one, right? Let's see. Let me see if I can get close to her while she snores. Let's see. Oh, did I startle you? The move? Yep, I made too much noise. Anyway, <laughs> subscribe on iTunes. I was trying to catch... A boxer snore is just a funny thing. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or uh, you can grab individual MP3 downloads or grab the RSS feed from the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. So... For a sleepy Maggie the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so much. This is episode 90, heading for, man. So wait, when is, uh, let's see, is the, I wonder if the 100th episode would coincide with the, with the Model 3 final reveal event. That would be cool. Let's see, wait, 90, let me do the quick math. Sorry, I'm on, let's see, 91, 92, 93, 4, 5, now, it looks like it'll be 4th of July weekend if all goes well. So it might not quite, might not quite align with the, the Model 3 event. Anyway, <laughs> I am now, now I'm wasting your time, which I promised long ago I would never do. I value your time very much. I appreciate you giving me, you know, your 45 minutes to an hour or so each and every week. So thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you at the usual time next week.